This is Glenn Crooks on frame. New York City FC clinched a playoff berth last weekend and continue their quest for the Eastern Conference Championship on Saturday when they host Bruce Arena and the New England Revolution. Julian Cardillo covers the Revolution for Pro Soccer USA. He'll join me later to help preview Saturday's match at Yankee Stadium and provide some insight into New England's transformation under Arena, currently in playoff position after a disastrous start to the season under Brad Friedel, who was sacked after 12 games. New York City FC, they struggled in the early portion of the season, winless through the opening six matches, which had prompted a visit from the director of the satellite teams for City Football Group, Brian Marwood. Well, Marwood was at BC Place on Saturday under much more positive circumstances as City defeated the Vancouver Whitecaps 3-1, earning their fourth consecutive place in the MLS postseason. I asked City head coach Dome Tehran if he felt vindicated, earning a playoff spot earlier than any other New York City team after that difficult start to the season. Uh, happy because when I say to you many times, we, we, we play well, but we need a striker. When uh, Ever arrive, uh, we, we begin to, 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 want, uh, to want some games. But for me, we play uh, very bad against Toronto. I accept that. But the rest of the of the games, uh, we need uh, we need uh, some uh, lucky because we play for me much better. For example, uh, against LA, LA, you know, is the top of the league, and we play much better, and we draw the game, and and we play much better against uh, Orlando for for me, and we draw the game. And that happened in soccer, but uh, I have confidence. I have experience in that. Uh, and I say to the players, uh, don't worry, don't worry. You have in the right in the right path right now. And we need to, to win one game. And when that happens, you are able to win the next game and the next game. And that happened. And I'm happy for, for them. The, that happened because the, the players are amazing. And the players have focus. And the players trust me is for that. That win that uh, New York City so desperately needed, it was at DC United on April the 21st, the first victory of the season, and it started a streak of 13 wins, just four losses, and three draws heading into the weekend. And no coincidence that the arrival of Eber had a profound effect. He scored his 14th goal in 20 appearances at uh, Vancouver, but he's now sidelined indefinitely with a right quad injury suffered only minutes after the opening goal of the match. And as of this recording, no prognosis for Eber, although Tehran intimated that it is the kind of injury that could keep him out for a month or the rest of the regular season. Eber's replacement on Saturday was Gary Mackay-Steven, and he got his first goal for the club on his 29th birthday. Here he is after the match. Have you ever scored a goal in soccer on your birthday before? No, I think it's a first, um, so it's nice to get off the mark, um, extra special, it's my birthday, but the main thing is getting the three points and I thought the boys done really well today, so it's, it's a good victory again. It's a kind of game for you where you're not sure if you're going to get in and then Ever goes down and now all of a sudden you're, you're on the pitch, so tell us about that. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Eber's you know, he scored a great goal early. He's been on fire lately, so hopefully it's nothing serious for for him and he's back 
for the next game because he's been a big player for us lately. Um, but yeah, you, you just um, not much time to think about it. You just have to get stripped and go on. Um, but you're always ready when you're on the bench. So um, yeah, I was ready and um, happy to get on and, and play play my part today. I still feel there's a lot more to come. I still feel a little bit rusty in a lot of ways, but um, definitely the goal helps and uh, hopefully I can kick on now. So you think uh, your prior appearances not up to the standard you're hoping for and this is maybe a big step? Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've uh, not been happy with myself, um, to be honest, but um, I just keep working hard on the training ground and um, today, yeah, it was nice to, to get off the mark and hopefully, um, you know, it can kickstart and I can show my true level. With Eber missing on Saturday, we'll most certainly see Makai Steven again, the first of three matches in seven days for City, but Terrell said that he is no longer rotating healthy players. It's the best available from here on. Yeah, my experience is uh, about that. Is uh, when in the last two months you have to play with the best players in every single moment. Uh, maybe you you can you can you could miss uh, Chatty because uh, he has four uh, yellow card. But I'm so sorry. The most important thing is. Uh, this game against uh, Vancouver. After Vancouver is New England. If uh, some player is injured, we have enough players. Some players is suspend, we have enough players. But my experience in the last uh, 10 years with Pep is and you can rotate when one player has this conform or you can rotate when uh, in the last four months. But in the last two months, uh, it's very important for us uh, finishing the first position and the second position is much better, especially this year, because it's the change the, the you know the playoff the the playoff system change, and you have a knockout game. It's very important. Try to play at home. It's single elimination in all playoff games this season in MLS, and the higher seed will host. Well, Tony Rocha was a happy guy after the match heading to the playoffs for the very first time. And the irony was not lost on the former member of Orlando City SC. About a half hour after City's win over the Whitecaps, San Jose topped Orlando City 3-0, and that result officially clinched NYCFC's postseason spot. Orlando City and New York City, they joined MLS together in 2015, but the team from the South, they've never qualified for the postseason. The Lions currently sitting ninth in the East and in jeopardy of failing to attain a playoff berth again. Uh, the top seven teams will advance in the East. Rocha played his first three MLS seasons in Orlando. Uh, here he is after getting his first assist in a New York City uniform on the Eber goal. Yeah, no, uh, I think the guys were just joking with me because this has been my first playoffs, but, you know, it feels good uh, being able to play after the regular season, so I'm excited for it. And especially since Orlando losing yeah. to San Jose gets you in the playoffs. How about that? Yeah, I, I don't want to talk about those guys. You know, I still have a couple of friends on that team, so I don't want to say anything <laughs> bad about them. The Texas native appeared in 23 matches with 11 starts for Orlando City from 2016 through 18. Without fanfare, New York City acquired Rocha from the Lions in exchange for a fourth-round selection in the MLS Super Draft. Rocha has been a valuable reserve and spot starter. He replaced the captain, Alex Ring, who was on yellow card suspension against Vancouver, and now has six starting assignments among his 12 appearances. He has performed with quality in the midfield, at fullback, and in central defense.
Yeah, I mean, I don't really think about that. Just whenever Domey puts me, I just go out there and play and hopefully help the team win. The good work has paid off for Rocha. He's a call-up to the Belize men's national team for a pair of CONCACAF Nations League matches this week. They'll play French Guyana on Thursday and Granada on Sunday. There have been six coaching changes during the course of the 2019 MLS season, none with greater impact than in New England, the Revolution, where Brad Friedel was fired after a 2-8-2 and record to start the season, which included 18 goals conceded in the last four matches that he was in charge. So in steps the legendary coaching figure in our country, Bruce Arena, who has now been in charge for 13 matches with just one loss, that was to the league frontrunners, LAFC. He's got seven wins, five draws most recently, uh, getting a, a goal four minutes from time from uh, Gustavo Boo to level Toronto, 1-1. The next opponent for Arena and the Revs, it'll be New York City FC Saturday at Yankee Stadium. A city, one of the three teams in the league that have clinched a playoff berth, LAFC and the Philadelphia Union, the others. And to help us preview Saturday's game and provide some more insight into this uh, resurrection of New England, the journalist who covers the club for Pro Soccer USA, Julian Cardillo. Julian, welcome. How are you? Hey, Glenn. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Well, you're welcome. And this transformation seemed almost instantaneous uh, when Arena arrived. Even the word that he was arriving, he wasn't even on the sideline for what? It was it the first three matches after Friedel was fired. And I, I mean, the you know, the first question is, was Friedel simply that bad? Uh, it's funny to hear you kind of uh, spot out those uh, stats about the team under Brad Friedel to start the year and, you know, how things have changed so dramatically. Um, you know, it, it is very jarring and I think that, uh, by and large, the players back in May when Friedel was fired, I think they needed a change of scenery. And I think that in the locker room, they sort of believed that uh, they were way, way, way better than, you know, that 2-8-2 record. Um, you know, Bruce Arena, I don't want to say he deserves sole credit uh, for the turnaround, but he's been a really big part. I think uh, Mike Lapner, who, you know, for those three regular season games where they were transitioning into Bruce Arena, I think he deserves a lot of credit as well. And then you got to give the Revs players in the front office some credit as well. Um, you know, Gustavo Bo comes in, all of a sudden uh, Carlos Hill looks a lot, a lot more deadly, and uh, you know things are changing. And you know they're arguably, arguably, uh, you know one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Yeah, and it's uh, well, with Arena arriving, you know, and I, I just wonder your observations. Just uh, you get a feel for for whether you're at training or or post game or or the games themselves. But what what is the most obvious thing uh, that has changed? Why uh, why are the pl players performing better? Uh, honestly, I I think that they have um, confidence. I think that's one thing. But um, the main thing is that uh, Bruce Arena knows how he wants them to play. Um, he wants them to play possession. He doesn't want them to, you know, aimlessly run and press, which, you know, uh, Brad Friedel will tell you or would have told you that the press was kind of this complicated thing and that there was more to it than just pushing guys up the field. But, um, you know, the players just weren't getting it. And I think right now Bruce wants them to play way more possession, um, you know, use the press a little bit less. Um, and he's really been able to maximize – uh, some of the the role players and, and their best skills, um, and I, I think it's it's really helped turn the team around. You know, they have a tactical identity now, and I don't think they had that in the first, you know, three months of the season. Now he doesn't. He's not the kind of guy that 
you know, needs uh, coaching justification. But I, I want to go back to his first game uh, at the place where he won uh, the multiple MLS championships, the LA Galaxy, and then the Revolution wins it 2-1. Uh, how impactful was that result on the team just uh, in terms of the belief well, at the time, I think that um, they were going into the game, and, and you still weren't sure what you were going to get um, because they, they did sort of turn things around. They had a good run under Mike Lapper, um, and, and they had shown that they could play. Um, but that L.A. game was kind of a complicated one, you know, because they're on the road. It's, it's, a, it's a tough place to go. And then, of course, uh, you're dealing with, with Zlatan, you know, and anybody, anything can happen on that ground. So it was sort of a, you know, a, a cautiously optimistic, um, you know, preview, let's say of, of that game. And then, you know, they come out and they score the first goal and they double the lead. And, um, you know, all of a sudden, uh, the revs look like they can ball and it, it doesn't really seem accidental. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that might've been the new coach bounce, but I think, I think aside from, from that, I mean, it, it, you have to sustain the new coach bounce. So at this point, you really can't say that there's nothing to this this uh, arrival of Bruce Arena. I, I think it's been you know a, a tremendous impact on the team, and the fact that they've been able to sustain it is the reason why they're in the position they're in in, in the Eastern Conference. So, uh, Julian, who are the who are the players specifically that you feel like have really improved since the arrival of Arena? Who, who can uh, who can you specify? Yeah, there's a, I, I would actually go right up the spine of the field. Um, let's start with uh, Matt Turner. Um, he didn't start the season as the starting goalkeeper, um, but he's really uh, become the starter under Bruce Arena, and um, he's he looks phenomenal in goal, really. He's kept the Revs in games. He's the reason why they've only lost one in, in the past uh, 15 games. Um, next, you have Andrew Farrell. They've uh, been really, really lean on defense, and they were dealing with a ton of injuries. Now, and Farrell is a right back. He's a converted center back, and he's playing some of the best soccer of his career right now. Uh, Wolfer Zahibo scored a goal uh, last week and um, has, has looked way more in form under Bruce Serena, playing more of a possession game. Uh, he was more lapse prone, I think, under Brad Friedel when the, the team was pressing so high. And then, you know, earlier uh, earlier this, uh, this summer, I think Kiel Bunbury kind of um, got off on a, hot, on a hot streak, and it was uh, very positive for the team. But, you know, overall, um, I think everyone's everyone's game has gone up. And I think when everyone else's game goes up, it allows the role players to shine even more, which I think is why Carlos Heel has done very well under the team in the last uh, three or four months. And Gustavo Bo has made a really seamless transition to MLS. Uh, now four straight games with a goal, and, you know, he looks like he belongs. Yeah, and he had that uh, equalizer against Toronto, game winner against Chicago. So his arrival, well, let me read the quote from Marina. I think this might have been the day he was hired. Uh, he said, there are aspirations to build a stadium in or close to Boston one day, and we'll have the resources to make the team better. Everything will be here to be successful. Uh, the new training facility that will come on board at some point this year is fabulous. There are going to be a lot of resources here to allow us to make this team much more successful. So, you know, you heard a lot about that with him coming on as sporting director and head coach, running the show. How would he take this thing over unless he was going to get those resources? So is Boo an example of that? I think he is an example of that. And 
what's really interesting is that this is someone that he was scouting when he was coaching L.A., uh, you know, three or four years ago now. So this is conceivably someone who could have been in MLS a lot sooner. And, you know, I think this is the beauty of having someone like Bruce Serena. You can put your confidence and your trust behind him and know that he's going to go out and get the right guys. And he was still getting his feet wet in New England when he pulled the trigger on, you know, uh, signing the, signing this player. And obviously there's uh, still a, a decent chunk of the season left to go. The Revs certainly um, are not yet in the playoffs, so it's looking good. Um, but if they do make the playoffs, I think one of the major reasons for it will be Bruce Serena's ability to get the crafts to make their single biggest investment in a player and find uh, Gustavo Bell. The club Tijuana transfer, designated player, acquired July 10th, Argentinian. He has scored in six of the uh, eight matches uh, that he's played in. Like you said, he's scored in four straight games, so the value there. Uh, Julian Cardillo, Pro Soccer USA, covers the New England Revolution here with us to uh, preview this match. And you know, you know, Through the first third of the season, Julian, no talk of the postseason. And now New England in sixth place, a single point ahead of Toronto, so they kept that with the tie. And they've got games in hand on everyone below them in the Eastern Conference table. So I heard you just say, you know, the hope for the playoffs, but is it more of an assumption at this point? No, I don't think it is. And I think that even the players and Bruce Arena definitely will tell you that there's a lot more work to do. Um, I think they are close. I think that of all the teams beneath them, except for maybe Toronto, they are in the best position to uh, make the playoffs. Um, but of course, you know, you're basically talking about two spots since Toronto and New England are six and seven. But, um, you know, my, my point is, is simply that they can't, they're not going to coast into the playoffs. They need to go in, you know, winning games with momentum, scoring goals, losing lapses. And, you know, the last, uh, the last four games, I think it's only been one win and three ties, which, you know, they, they are un, unbeaten, but um, I don't think that anyone on the team has been happy with the amount of points they've dropped. Uh, and, you know, after the Toronto game this past weekend, uh, the sense of the locker room was one of real dissatisfaction, that they didn't uh, play their A game, that they left points on the board. So, you know, they do have a, a little bit of a tough stretch coming up. They have to play at NYCFC. Um, they've never won at Orlando, which is uh, where they play uh, after uh, after they visit the Bronx. And then they've only got two home games left. So, yeah, they have games in hand, but the slate they have remaining is very challenging. And they don't want to go into the playoffs um, or try to make a run for the playoffs, you know, hoping everybody else kind of, you know, flips on banana peels and, and doesn't make it. Now they've got Orlando City never qualifying for the postseason, so you can imagine the uh, the intensity that might be involved in that match. How about at New York City FC this Saturday? How do you see it, and what what do uh, is there discussion about uh, Yankee Stadium? I, I saw quotes from Arena after training. Uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday, where he just uh, discussed how uh, what an odd place it is to play as far as the players' perspective. What what's the sense of that? Yeah, I mean it's interesting because the the Reds they're not terrible at NYCFC. They they have they have a tendency of being able to get results there at Yankee Stadium. Um, you know, it isn't an easy place to play. It's obviously very narrow. The dimensions are a little bit weird. Even kind of the configuration of the crowd is a little bit weird. And you know, you know right away when you uh, set foot in the stadium that that it is made for baseball. Um, 
so I, you know, that I, I can't imagine that, uh, that, that that's ideal for a lot of the flair guys like Carlos Hill or Gustavo Bo. But um, I think that there's a sense that uh, the team is playing with confidence that this is a, a game that they can win, or at the very least, um, you know, keep it close. Um, so they're going to go after it, and I, I think you know, for NYCFC, uh, one thing that's made the Revs really deadly in the last month and a half or so is their tendency to get after teams early. Um, they've scored within the first 15 minutes um, in most games, or at least in the first 20 minutes in most games in the past month and a half. And they should have been up, actually, last weekend, one nothing on Toronto in, in the second minute. Just a, you know, uh, a, not a, not a good strike by um, by Gustavo Bo, like really, really early. So, you know, this team has been getting the, the, the jump on its opponents early. Um, I think that's one thing that NYCFC will kind of be monitoring uh, ahead of this weekend. Well, they'll be going up against a, a revamped back line with uh, Alexander Collins, Maxime Cheneau, Ronald Matarita, among others who will be away uh, on international duty. Uh, on the New England side, injuries, suspensions, international call-ups, uh, anybody uh, noteworthy that will be missing on the weekend? Yeah, well, uh, earlier I mentioned um, the, the lack of defensive depth, but I think that uh, Antonio Delamea, who really started to come into his own uh, at center back next to Andrew Farrell, I think he is still not at 100% fitness, so we'll probably see Michael Mancian get the start. And then Edgar Castillo, uh, the left back, is out with a rib injury, and he's out, uh, well, it's an unknown timetable at the moment. Um, so expect rookie uh, Dewan Jones, who's really, really done a, a good job on the flank, um, you know, this season when needed, expect him to kind of come in and, and try to um, shore up that that left side. All right, Julian. Well, uh, appreciate the time here to get a feel for uh, New England under Bruce Arena. Should be a good one on Saturday. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me again. In all, New York City will be missing six players on international duty. In addition to Collins, Cheneau, Matarita, and Rocha, Sean Johnson is away with the U.S. men's national team. They play Mexico on Friday at MetLife. And Justin Hack has joined Tab Ramos and the U.S. U-20s. You can listen to the New York City-New England match on WNYE New York 91.5 FM and worldwide on the New York City Network. Join me along with Joe Tolleson for the pregame show from Yankee Stadium at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, and I'm doing my part to try to reach the millennials. We're now on Spotify. This is Glenn Crooks on Frame.